talking about partnership, all right? And we're going to go through this pretty quickly because uh, it's recorded. So we define partnership, and it was simply an undertaking with another person or others, especially in a business or company, when there was shared risk and profits, all right? So a partner is one that shares, and it's a person that operates in action. Say, I am a person of action. Say, I look for opportunities to contribute to others. Amen. Amen, because that's what a partner is. A partner, we went over this slide. We took a lot of time last week to go over this slide, and we talked about what it means to be a member and what it means to be a partner. A member has no ownership. Hey, Caleb, we're going to turn the white one down some more, man. A member has no ownership or responsibility. They have the mentality of, I pay, so I should get. They want, they, they want to know, what am I getting at the whole process? That's their concern. They quit without obligation because they don't feel like they're a part of anything. And they're all about the download. What am I receiving? Not necessarily what I'm giving. They're about cost focus. How much will it cost me to be a part of this? And they're all about minimal investment. But FOC is about ownership and responsibility. You are about, no matter the cost, I'm committed to the vision. You do whatever, you offer whatever you have. All right, you don't quit because you understand that if you quit, the ministry's not complete. Uh, you are all about transferring. I need to download the word. I need accountability. I need to grow. But also, I want to give back. And your solution focus, if you see a need in the ministry, you fulfill that need. Because God's grace is sufficient to teach you all things. Amen? That was, amen? amen. You do realize that you can't do something for God's house and then not overflow and benefit your personal life. Every skill and talent that I've ever learned in an effort to fulfill this vision has always benefited my personal life. And so you're never going to be able to, because what the enemy does, he tries to get you to think that if you spend your time with the ministry, your money with the ministry, and you fulfill another man's vision, then yours won't come to pass. And that's simply a trick of the enemy to get you to forfeit what God really has for you. Because there's no way that you're going to give to God and not inherit something for yourself. There, it is impossible for you to fulfill the will of the Father and not be beneficiary of those things that he's given to his house. It would be crazy for me to have Aiden grow up in my house for him to work for me, for me to teach him everything that I know, and then he not benefit from it. I mean, that, that's crazy. Let's say I owned a multi-billion dollar business and Aiden grew up going to work with me every day. And he's fulfilling the father's vision. I, make him, I give him a job. He does well at it. I give him another job. He does well at it. He's doing what his daddy wants. But the skills, the talents, the abilities, the intelligences that he learned along the way, if he doesn't want to work for me anymore, he still has those skills. So it's impossible to learn something on behalf of the Father and it not benefit you. So don't see an investment in knowledge to fulfill a kingdom dream as something that doesn't benefit you. All right, we talked about partners give it all. And I'm going to, because we got a lot more to cover. Uh, we talked about how as a partner, you can't be afraid to give it all. Jesus set the example of what a true partner looks like. He said, I came 
I gave my life in a partnership. I gave everything that I have so that you may have a right to experience a good life. So, in other words, we got to do the same. Partnership requires faith. It's not selfish. And we talked about grace for access. So I want to get to where we are today. And I'll, if you weren't here last week, I think they recorded it. So the body of Christ, that's where we're going to start today. When you see this picture, what do you see? Parts. Park, machines working parts. All right, we got a couple athletes in the room. And so anybody, how many of you guys watched the Super Bowl? All right. How many of you guys watched, whatever, Howard. How many of you guys, how many, so when you watch the Super Bowl, you watch athletes that get paid millions of dollars perform at a caliber level that most people don't perform at. All of their parts were working in, in sync to produce the ability to excel. And when we see every part in a person's body working to its best ability, we, they get paid lots of money for that because it's not natural. Because most people get settled with average, and so they don't want to actually activate all of themselves. Therefore, they get left off. How many people in high school want to play football but don't make it? Or they make it to college, then they work at it, fall off. Or everything isn't working together. When we saw the Super Bowl, we saw a bunch of people who had all their gears working together. And that's how they got to that level. The level of what we consider excellence. The only way that we will be considered excellent, the only way that this ministry will be looking like any, look unlike any other ministry, is that every part works together. No matter how small the gear, it matters. No matter how large the gear, it matters. Because if one of these parts go out of sync, it messes up the whole body. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. you matter. You matter. Because the enemy will make you feel like, well, I'm only called to do this, and that's not as important as being the pastor. How many of us would have liked to come in here if this was a cathedral and it'd be trash and dirt all over the place? That somebody's messing with the anointing because it's dirty, right? I mean, how can you serve a God and worship when you got Kleenex from last week, when the kids got juice boxes on the floor? Every job matters, but the enemy will make you feel like that just because you're the one that's in charge of custodial services, that your job doesn't matter. Just because you're the one, I mean, Caleb, nobody notices him as long as things are going well. But the moment something messes up, then all eyes are back there in that corner. All right? Your job matters. Let's look at 1 Corinthians, and we're going to take some time with this in the message. It says, 1 Corinthians... Uh, 12, start at verse 12. You can easily enough see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, and cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of his one spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. Say goodbye, goodbye. selfishness. Because that's what he's saying. When you joined the body of Christ, you didn't realize that you were throwing away your own self. You're throwing away all your desires, and we'll pick this up in a minute, all your dreams, all your hopes, and effort of fulfilling the kingdom mandate. 
But don't be afraid. You still get them. All right? It says, by means of his one spirit, we all say goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to independently call our our own shots. But then we entered into a large and integrated, I like that word, integrated. That picture of that rope earlier, if you picture a rope, if you picture you picture the nerves within your body, and you, y'all have all seen that in science class, all of that is integrated. It is working together. Because let one cell decide that he doesn't want to do what he wants, he feels like it. And then he gets a friend and says, you know what, we ain't going to do. And then they too say, let's go find some other people who ain't going to do it. And before you know it, you got a cancer. And when we go real and deep with this, maybe, probably not today, we talk about that spirit of rebellion. Because that's what a rebellious spirit is. It's a cancerous spirit. It's a cell within an organ that decides to go its own way. But because we are of this body and we are partners, we have become integrated with this. It says, this is what we proclaim in word and action when we were baptized. Each of us is now a part of his resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit, where we all come to drink. The old labels we once used to identify ourselves, labels like Jew or Greek, slave or free, are no longer useful. We need something larger, more comprehensive. I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. Isolation, even in greatness, doesn't make you better. You could take the best, because everybody was Riding with Cam. Cam, as great as he is as an individual, can't accomplish it on his own. It took 11 individuals playing at the top of their ability, not making mistakes, to bring home a championship. So you by yourself, isolated greatness will still fail. Because Christianity is a team sport. So it doesn't matter how good you think you are. This is a team sport. You need each other. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If foot said, I'm not elegant like hand, embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body. Would that make it so? If ear said, I'm not beautiful like the eye, limpid and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head. Would you want to remove it from the body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If all ear, how could it smell? As it is. We see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. It, Say, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you are not a mistake. Your passion, your desires, your dreams were meticulously orchestrated by God for kingdom for you. God made you the way he made you to fit you in this body. Before he formed the earth, FOC was here. He knew what it would take for this body to operate. So he made, say it. He made Rich. He made Caleb. Because he said, FOC needs that. And if you called here, he made you to be a part of this body to make this whole thing grow. Every day you spend time with God, every day you fast, every day you pray, every day you intercede on behalf of others, you are making this body grow. Say, I was designed designed to make FOC FOC. everything Everything. 
God called it to be. Amen. It says, but I also want you to think about this, how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you are a part of. Now, I'm going to let y'all read that to y'all self. And I'm going to give y'all a little Selah moment there. Read it twice. It doesn't matter who you are. Think of the greatest person that you can think of in your mind. They didn't get there by themselves. They get, it's an old saying, behind every good man, there's a what? Good woman. All right? But... And, we, and I believe that to be true. But what I'm telling you, beside, behind every great partner, there's excellent partners supporting them. Your dream is dependent and integrated with everybody else's visions. So you thinking that you taking time, I mean, well, oh, he ain't here today. Sartre taking time to teach us financial wealth, he could see that as time that he could be growing his own self. But his investment in us only going to make him better. But in him making us better, he's making all of us better. FOC gets better. Your time invested in others will always bring a harvest to your personal life. It's the law of sowing and reaping. Because the one thing the enemy will do for you as a partner, he will make you feel like you're giving something and you won't get a return. So it's impossible to sow and not harvest. Now, that also goes for worldly things. If you out doing mess, and you out, you being messy, then you're going to get some, harvest some mess, okay? So a principle is a principle. So, I mean, so let's stay on the good side, all right? But an enormous, it says an enormous, our gigantic hand wouldn't be a body, but a monster. What we, what we have is one body with many parts, each its proper size and in its proper place. No part is important on its own. Pastor Evans is a great man. He has taught me a lot of things, but him alone, the vision that he has in his heart, God has given him, he can't do it on his own. As great as he is, as excellent as he is, it will not be accomplished on his own because it takes everybody. Can you imagine eye telling hand, get lost, I don't need you, or head telling foot, you're fired, your job has been phased out? As a matter of fact, in practice, it works the other way. The lower the part, the more basic and therefore necessary. And if y'all don't read out a message, y'all should. It helps, you, it helps give you a good picture. It says, you can live without an eye, for instance, but not without a stomach. Because everybody, I mean, women, I mean, y'all looking good for your husbands. Not for me, and for your husband, okay? And, and y'all make up your face, you got your hair looking good, but you ain't thought about your stomach. I mean, how many times do you wake up thinking, my, man, let me, how can I make my stomach feel better? A lot of us don't because we can tell by our body sizes. And I said our, okay? Why? Because a lot of times you look over that part. But who wants an eye but not a stomach? Because there will be no survival. So no matter how insignificant you may think your role is, it's vitally important to the functioning of the body. Say, so my, my role is vital. All right, because the enemy plays games with people's thoughts because that's the only place he can gain ground. So if he can make you think that what you got to contribute is not worth anything, then he's already defeated the body. And if, you, if he's defeated you, then he's, had, he's attacking the entire FOC body because we're all parts integrated together to make this thing function. So if one of us is weak, we're all weak. 
All right? So we got to look out and say, I am my brother's keeper. And we're going to get to this in a second. I'm going to go out of order. Say, I don't get offended easily. Because here's the thing. It'll be a day when Jimmy comes in here and he may say something you don't like. <laughs> but just because somebody says something you don't like doesn't mean it's not right. Say, I am open, I am open to, hear to hear the voices, the voices of, my of my partners. Because here's the thing with this. You can hear everything that comes across this pulpit as long as it's about you getting something. But when it's about you growing up, then you're like, oh, Pastor Sean, Ralph, they tripping. They talking about this. They talking about that. Well, the same voice that said you're going to be wealth beyond measure, you agreed with. And when we get to the spirit of pastor, that'll all line up for you in a moment. But as partners, it's our job to hold each other accountable. Yeah. And, and based off some of our histories and some of our character and our cultures, we don't like to be held accountable. Matter of fact, we don't want nobody in our business. But the group that's in this room, if this ministry is to grow, have to hold ourselves to an, a, a, a level of excellence. We had to, this word is not thrown out a whole lot, a level of holiness. Because you come to church and that's good. You tithe and that's good. You got the 10% saving, that's good. But how you live in life? What does your post on Facebook reflect? If I came and looked through your phone, what will I see? Will God be satisfied with you? on every day of the week as he is on Sunday morning from about 9.30 to 11. Because life is about holiness. And when a person lives a holy life, it defeats the enemy before he even attacks. It's only when you begin to live outside of the word of God that you open yourself up to the enemy to be attacked and defeated. Because 1 Corinthians tells us that we have already won. We triumph. But you don't feel that and you don't know that when you're living outside the will of God. So holiness is designed to give you confidence and faith to always know that you win. Because when you live in sin, that's why when you think God don't hear your prayer. I mean, come on, we all been there. When you was doing whatever and you needed something and you didn't know if God would hear you or not. It's not that God wouldn't hear you. It's that you thought he wouldn't because you've been doing wrong. Holiness is designed to keep you in alignment with God and to keep your, your soul in check because it's your soul man that always tells you that you're not worthy. Your spirit man know better. All right, say, I am, I am holy, holy and, acceptable and acceptable to God. To God. Amen. So we got to live holy lives. So if Jimmy catch me doing something, it is not, not if he should say something, he should. Okay? Not if he should say it, he should. Now, if Jimmy sees me doing something, it is not Jimmy's job to go tell Rich and say it like, look, man, I saw Ralph over there doing X. Jimmy needs to come talk to me, brother to brother, and we need to address this. He needs to give me an opportunity and even come up with a plan with me to create boundaries within my life not to walk in sin. Now, now, if Jimmy looks at that and we'll sit down and we'll set up boundaries and still not working, then he goes and gets sad and rich and like, look, we got to sit Ralph down because this brother is living crazy. Yeah. 
And now I got a brotherhood who's not gossiping about me, but they're using their words to pray for me and to put things in my life so that I can have boundaries not to operate outside the will of God. Now, it goes with sin, but it also goes with your job and your life. So if I see said mistreating his wife, not hitting her, abusing her, we should be past those things. But it, we should be, but if we, we check that, okay? But if Sad's not spending the quality time with her, because God will talk to you about your people, because when you're partners, he, God will speak to you first. Let's get it right. God always going to give you a chance to fix Always give you a chance to fix If God talking to somebody else about you, it's because he's been talking to you for a long time. Don't act surprised when somebody else comes and address it because you know it's there because he's been talking to you. So it's our job, it's our duty to ensure that we grow up. All right? Y'all got little brothers and little sisters, some of y'all. It's our, when you grew up, mama, I'm leaving, you in charge. All right? God's gone. We're in charge. We are responsible for each other. So don't walk around. And some of us don't. I don't see y'all that much. I'm in Conway. Y'all in Northwest Arkansas. But that's still. But when you're praying and believing God and you're interceding on your behalf of your partner, he'll still speak to you about other people. Because at distance and location, because this ministry won't be a ministry that's in one spot. It won't be. And God will still speak to us because we're still connected. The spiritual family is not separated by distance or miles or anything like that. No matter where you are, we always connected. Spirit is everywhere. Because, I, I mean, it's been times I've been, me and Jimmy have talked, well, I've been in Conway, I got up, I'm praying, and I've talked, me and Jimmy exchanged some text messages. And, and I've talked to other people, because it doesn't matter. When you have the heart of a partner and you're connected in vision, your whole lives, all of your lives are inter- integrated to each other. I didn't read, finish reading that. It says, if anything you have more concern for the lower parts than the higher, if you had to choose, wouldn't you prefer good digestion to full-bodied hair? I hope, I hope your answer would be yes. Be bald-headed with good guts, okay? All right? Because <laughs> you can always wear a wig. But you can't, I mean, I'm not sure, but they ain't doing stomach transplants. We're going back to the, all right? So God, if you don't, see, that's the, that's the help of a partner. When you're about to make a dumb decision, decision partnerships help, helps you. But if you are a partner living in isolation and you don't share with others about the decisions you make, then you catch yourself in a mistake. But as good partners, we still come rescue you. But like I said last week, don't make us rescue you the same time, same, all the time out the same situation. Say look, say, look at your partner. Say, partners, don't be dumb all your life. Because there are some things we shouldn't be doing anymore. If you're single, you should, there was no need for you to go to Victoria's Secret and get some new bra and panty set. Okay? If, you, if you're a single man, there ain't, there's no need in you going and buying to, <laughs> to Adam and Eve and buying anything. Now, if you're married and you don't know what Adam and Eve is, do a little Google search at home. Not at work, at home. All right? And find some, all right? But there are some things. <laughs> I got a thumbs up back there. All right. So there's. <laughs> all right. There are some things that you just shouldn't be doing. 
But as a partner, if I see you doing them, expect a word. Say, I expect, I expect constructive, constructive criticism. criticism. And I receive it without, without, without offense. Because that's important. We've had a lot of people in ministry get offended and, and want to leave the ministry. And let me help you. If you called here, God knew you was called here. He ain't going to change his mind and say, go. I mean, come on. The same God that called you in August is the same God calling you in June. Just because you're mad and, 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 and upset doesn't mean now you can go. Until God changes a word, you stay with the course. Say, I stay, I stay. the course. That goes with your marriage. The same God back in 1997 that allowed me to see April shiny, beautiful black legs on that spring break when we returned on Monday. <laughs> All right, that same God. All right, I'm not sure she'll be cheesing somewhere. He knew what I wanted. See, I told you God satisfies your desires and your passion. Eighth grade, back then. All right, 2016 now. The same God that joined us. Now, I'm not saying God joined us in eighth grade, but I'm, you know what I'm saying. All right. But that same God that said, Ralph, she's yours, and April, he's, he's yours. Now, if things get tough, I don't get to walk away. The motto in this house is divorce is not an option. With that said, you don't allow a man to beat you, abuse you. You call your partners. Because partners will roll out for you. Part, partners will be there when you need us. Okay? All right, so, but if you need marital help, you call somebody. And here's the, here's the other thing. We need everybody to be grown because everybody can't call Pastor Evan Pastor I mean, everybody here may, but that's still tough. They got their own lives. They got five kids. They want to be free too. It, God have called them to, I mean, so if everybody grows up, then we can say, you know what? It's Jimmy and Angel turn to counsel the next uh, married couple that comes in that needs help. Oh, okay, they got it. All right, it's Rich and uh, Rich turn, uh, uh, Jennifer's turn to do the next one. Okay, we and it's Misha turn. They got the next one because everybody grown, and that's important. God keeps telling me that grow up. We all gotta grow up. The way God designed our bodies, a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part depending on every other part, the parts we mention, the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and, and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into the exuberance. If you mad because somebody else is increasing, you got some things wrong with your heart. If I can't wait till Jimmy come up off his job. I mean, every time I get, when I get up and I think about Jimmy, I go ahead and make the confession. He got everything he needs. Because here's the thing, in partnership, his growth is my growth. Your growth is my growth. Our growth is our growth. And just because you're moving ahead doesn't mean I'm going backwards. And the big thing is, Pastor Sean said it earlier, don't compare yourself to anybody but the word God has for your life. I don't have to compete with Jimmy. His vision God has for his life is his. His path is his. Mine is mine. So as long as you stay on your path, you're good. Offense enters is when you begin to 
begin to uh, kind of diverge and begin to go on somebody else's path doing what they're doing, trying to accomplish what God told you to do on yours. All the information Angel may have about the sales and things that she do for her company would not help me in what I do every day. But I'm trying to be Angel in an educational setting. And that's what you do when you step outside of God's land. This is my plot right here. God says, as long as I sow in this land, I'll receive a hundredfold harvest of everything sown. But what I'm doing, I'm trying to go over to Sayed's place, do what he's doing, and bring a harvest back to my land. It doesn't work that way. Stay our lanes. All right. We're going to wrap this section up with Mr. Potato Head. Said, just as body through one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we, have, we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the spirit, one spirit to drink, even so the body is not made up of one part but of many. Mr. Potato Head looks real bare right now, right? But imagine when everybody lines up. He is a face that, we re that everybody recognizes. Right now, that's, that's kind of what FOC looks like. But imagine when you get in your place. It is people out there who recognize Mr. Potato Head. And they're waiting to align with him. But because the pieces are not in their places, they can't identify what God has placed in their heart. Now, you know Mr. Potato Head is a resemblance. I mean, I'm talking about symbolism for FOC. FOC needs to grow up, and we need to all be in our places so that people can recognize this ministry and come to it. God has already, we don't have all kinds of prophecies about the people God has called to this ministry. The only reason they're not here is because we're not in our places. Say, it is not the job, not the job of, the of the pastor to attract partners. Partners' jobs are to attract partners. All right? We are the best recruiters for this ministry. It doesn't matter your setting. It doesn't matter your job. It doesn't matter your status in the economy. You, your life, is the best example. Me and Aiden say a confession when we go to a daycare in the morning. We say, we talk about the love of God and his teachers anointed to teach, he's anointed to learn. But at the end, we always say, people will know God because they know me. And if the God people see is you, what kind of God would they see? And you are, because I, 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 I'm old school. I'm, I'm all about a name. And when Aiden goes out and he carries my name, he better carry it with character, integrity, and excellence. He better represent my house well. And when you go out with the name of FOC, we expect the same. Okay? We expect the same. So we're all going to line up, and we're wrapping up the partner section. Each partner is vital. No partner is useless. Each partner has to serve the other for the body to work, and there is no body without partners. I forgot my parentheses, sorry. It takes many parts to make a single body. So that's that part of it. All right, we each have our own calling, and we have to walk, and I keep saying that, but I'm telling you, the enemy will come and attack you about your calling and your purpose. So know your lane and stay in it. I don't care if somebody goes and makes a million dollars doing 
real estate online. It doesn't now mean I quit what God has called me to do to go do that. Don't stop doing what God has called you to do to get a quick fix of wealth. All right? Characteristics of partnership, we're not going to spend time there, but you got to renew your mind because partnership requires faith. I mean, don't, don't, don't trip. If you ain't renewing your mind, this partnership thing seems crazy. It's like, why in the world will I sacrifice things for my own house to make sure that the house of FOC is taken care of? That's crazy. Why would I take a trip, that I, the money I got saved up to go on vacation this summer, to help uh, Tamara if she uh, needs help with something? Why would I do that? And if you're not renewing your mind every day, that makes no sense to the outsider because the outsider says, I take care of my own house and I may help others. Partnership says, I take care of all houses. You got to trust. You got to trust God that if I do something on his behalf, he will not let me go without. You got to serve. You got to be willing to pour out yourselves for the good of other people. All right? And then when you do all that and they're all integrated together, you get what we call partnership. Living our lives on God's agenda in his presence and with whose resources? His resources. All right, and like always, it's online. I'll send it to you so y'all can have the PowerPoint. I know some of y'all are, uh, oh, it's time to quit. All right, the purpose of partnership in marriage and ministry is to bring you to spiritual, emotional, and relational maturity. Say partnership, partnership. grows me up. If you've been married for any length of time, even a week, that honeymoon was cool, but you still had opportunities to disagree, it'll grow you up. And you say, I will always have opportunities to quit. I just won't take them. Because I'll win. You are, a decision means you take failure off the table. So when I joined and I committed, no matter how things looked or how how whatever happened, I ain't going nowhere because this is where I've been called to. If I go to China, I'm still connected right here. No matter where I go, this is my house. And that's the mentality that you got to have. All right? Maturity doesn't happen in isolation. All right, he wrote a good book uh, called The Purpose of Partnership. Uh, it was a good read. Uh, We'll spend 10 minutes here, and then we'll pick up next Sunday, all right? We'll just, we'll probably do this a lot. Receiving the spirit of the pastor. Now, this, we used to teach, I think I told you last week, a 12-week uh, lesson on partnership. And this is one that we haven't really taught on up here yet. I think a lot of y'all already got it, but we want to give you some foundational things to go with it. Don't bring the spirit of your former pastor into this vision. If you don't have the spirit of the man, you can't work effectively in the vision of the land. This is called the law of harmony. Many of us came from many different religious backgrounds, many different experiences, many things like that. All right? Here's an example you get. Let's use relationships. All right? Some of y'all, and I don't mean to be funny, have had many partners before you got married. And... It, it, <laughs> you, 
You don't have to always answer out loud. (laughs) And so, but now you marry, you don't now take the mindsets of all those relationships and all those experiences and bring it into the house with the man or woman you now live with. Because if you did that, it's going to cause some, some, some problems, needless to say. It won't last long. Because a house can only have one vision. But if you don't have, to, if you don't have three, four partners, and what you're trying to do is bring all those experiences and all those things within that house, then there's going to be some issues. Some of y'all say amen. amen. Okay? So what you have to do is align yourself with who you connected with. Say, what was in the past is just that. It's in the past. So in your relationship, you can't be talking about Katrina because you married to Sarah. We ain't going to use no real names in here because I ain't trying. It's Valentine's Day. All right. <laughs> huh? All right. So the vision of that house has to be whatever Katrina and Joe have set up. So Joe can't be talking about all the, th- the vision that he had for Sarah and how that's going to do that because he ain't with her. So what we're saying here is, I knew Pastor John Bryant back in the day was off the chain. You enjoyed that, but they ain't your pastor now. Okay? So all that saying is, line up with the man and woman of God of this house. All right? And, and, and church people are real quick to throw pastors away. Say, pastors are human. They do make mistakes. Okay? Now, God didn't throw your no good tell away when you made a mistake. When you said, if I'm not pregnant this time, if I don't got an STI this time, if I can pay my rent this time, if the car don't get repossessed this time, and you took that money and you did that act over and over and over and over again, God didn't throw you away. But how often are people willing to throw away pastors because they make a mistake? There's humanity to every person. And as partners, we help our pastors by praying that they hear from God in specific details, that the enemy does not have control of their mind, that they are free. And we help them by freeing them up by doing things. Because the last thing you want is a stressed out pastor who's spending all their time trying to create solutions for you because you're too weak and lazy to think for yourself. Imagine if your kids never grew up and they stayed, <laughs> and they just stayed infants for all their lives and you breastfed for all their lives. Daddies, y'all should be co-signing to that. Don't let your wife be up at night breastfeeding and you ain't up. At least stand by and open your eyes. It ain't right. (laughs) All right? Volunteer to go get a bottle to get her what you want, baby, while you up, because we in this together, because that's what partnership says. Partnership does not allow one person to stand by themselves. You will never be alone as a partner of this house. So we don't throw people away when they make mistakes, including our pastors. But because we pray and intercede on their behalf, we keep the enemy from being able to conquer over them. 
Because the, the enemy, just like us, when we go out and into war, we're going to take off the head. But the enemy tries to do the same. So as partners, we, perform, we, we create a hedge around our man and woman of God to ensure that they are protected. Now, Pastor Evan and Pastor Sean, they are, they are, they, they are their own beings, conscious of, conscious of their own choices. But at the same time, we can prevent a lot by being a church that prays. So you shouldn't go a day without interceding on the behalf of your man, woman of God. Because they spend hours a week praying and interceding on your behalf, getting word to change your life. All right? So that was the law of harmony, and we got four minutes left. I like this visual. We can stop here. What do pastors do? Have you ever been driving, went to change lanes, and just had to stop all of a sudden and you got blown at? Because there are th times in your life, there are blind spots. As good of a driver as you are, sometimes you just merge a little too early. And so what you need is somebody in your life to assist you. Now, if you buy a new vehicle now, it's almost standard. It comes with blind spot monitoring. It is designed to help you see what you can't see. And what, you're, what God has done, he has placed a man and a woman of God over our lives as shepherds to allow us to see things that we can't see for our own lives. And when you become integrated into the house called FOC, you have that. And I can't tell you the blind spots that I've missed simply because before I made the decision. I remember being young in God, and I probably, they probably got tired of me. Uh, I would call about everything. I mean, can I buy this car? Is it the right time? What God's saying about this house? Should, I think, we, oh, we weren't married when we came to the church. We asked about, we, me and April had been together four or five years before we ever came to FOC, but we still got their permission to get married. See, what you don't understand, and, and we, don't, we can't even touch on it today, when you humbly submit yourself to somebody in authority over you, it gives you the ability to walk in perfection. But the human body, and that's that, or is it? See, there you go. There's your picture. That's what pastors do. See, see most people are focused up here. The Bible says that he has given people to shepherd over you. He's given them intelligence and wisdom. Your pastor ain't focused on the act. Your pastor is focused on the underlying goals and beliefs that fuel your behavior. See, a lot of people just concerned with what you look like. And you concerned at what you look like. But if you spend any time with Edwin E. Strickland, he's going to force you to think about your own thinking. He's going to force you to think about why you do what you do and why you believe what you believe in. Because at the end of the day, your actions are only a byproduct of what started first, and that was a thought. So pastors help you with the intelligence and wisdom God has given them, help you to change who you are as a person. If you've been in this ministry any time, you know, we don't talk about acts a lot. We don't talk about sin a whole lot. We talk about you as a person, because once you change core beliefs, all the rest of it line up. So 
That is our 10-minute teaching on the spirit of the pastor. We will resume next week. All right? So I'm not, where are we going next, Mom? You got...